0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast recorded from the Ruby Barn on Main Street here in Suffield, Connecticut. This is your host, Sean Devine, and I'm barely known on Twitter. I'm looking forward to today's episode. I'm joined by Jim Remsick from Madison Ruby. Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. So it's funny that that we're talking today because this weekend I'll be in Madison, but not for Madison Ruby. I mean, it'd be fun to be there for Madison Ruby, but... uh, that's not actually not why I'm there. My uh my daughter's moving into college for the first year, so she's a freshman going to Madison.
1: Ah yes. It's it is move in weekend. So uh <laughs> sorry for those who <laughs> live there. <laughs> Plenty of uh of additional traffic and uh people going the wrong way on one way streets. Right.
0: I think that she's moving in a little bit early, so I think that moving weekend may be between this weekend and the next weekend if I understand things right.
1: Move-in weekend is typically about three or four weeks long. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, so we'll talk mostly about Madison Ruby, but but I may have a few uh, new to the area questions for you about Madison along the way. That's good with you.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, why don't uh, why don't we start w- with uh, you introducing yourself and Madison Ruby?
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Jim. Obviously, we're r- uh, running our. Uh, fourth year of Madison Ruby, um, you know, really sprung out of a uh, a desire to draw people to Madison. Um, when we started the conference, it was actually working for Hashrocket, living in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and we were going to use this as a, a good excuse to come back and visit every summer. And it's, uh, you know, we wound up moving back home here to Madison before the first conference, and uh, it's been snowballing ever since.
0: So, aside from wanting to go to Madison now and then, why why take on the burden of of running a conference? And did, did you know what you were getting into at the time?
1: Uh, we had a little bit of a clue. Uh, my wife, who actually you know does most of the work, um, I just did, I just get to be the the face and the voice of the conference. Um, so, Jen had run a conference for Hashrocket called BizConf uh, down in Florida. Um, she had. Uh, decided that well, she had just graduated with her MBA, and she had wanted. You know, she didn't know what she was going to be doing with her life, and so I said, "You enjoyed running the conference? Why don't we do that?" Um, and it's it's very much been a, a labor of love, uh, which is to say that there's there's not a bunch of money in it,
0: right? So, how has it grown over the years, from year one to this year?
1: Uh, so. Year 1 I think we had 125 people all involved.
0: Well that's a lot um, of people. That was way bigger than I was expecting you to say. Huh.
1: Um well I mean I I guess i had sort of been on the conference circuit um and there there definitely is a conference circuit but um you know I'd uh, been out speaking at other conferences and um you know everywhere from uh Scotland and Spain to you know Phoenix um and so I had gotten around and, and met a lot of people. And, you know, I would just think to myself as I was talking to people that if I could convince them to come to Madison, that they would love it. And so we put the concert uh, conference together uh, to give them a, a reason to come visit. The, and do, uh,
0: do most people visit from the Midwest, like nearby Wisconsin, or do they come from far and wide?
1: Pretty far and wide. Actually, that was one of the, the interesting... Um, bits of data that came out of the first year. So Madison, you would expect a lot of people to come from Chicago, Milwaukee, maybe Minneapolis, uh, some of the bigger cities around, I think our third highest attendance in, uh, in our first year in 2011 actually came from Seattle. Wow. And, uh, so number of people, uh, I I think there's a lot of, uh, philosophical similarity between the, the folks in those two cities, um and that's what i attribute that to.
0: It's rough when you put two cities that are kind of hard to get to together. <laughs> Seattle's kind of hard to get to, i think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Madison's
0: I mean, definitely hard to get to.
1: Most of our so that's a good point. A lot of folks traveling to Madison we actually uh recommend, you know, that obviously if you can fly into Madison that's best. Um but there's a a fairly inexpensive and convenient um Bus option. So if you can get to Chicago and then bus up from there, it's about $30, uh, $30 round trip from the airport or, or downtown Chicago.
0: Yeah, it's actually what we're doing this weekend. We're going to Chicago and then we, we used to live there and then uh, going up and back for the same reason. Gotcha. So, okay, year one's 125 people, most of whom were from Seattle. And then
1: <laughs> where's it go from there? Um. So, year two uh, and uh, when Jen listens to this, she'll probably cringe because I probably have the numbers all wrong. But uh, year two, I think we're about 175, and then uh, year three, we're about 225. Wow! And so we've seen pretty steady growth year over year. Um, this year, we're actually we're down a little bit in attendance. We're we're going to be right around that 225 number again. Um, and hearing the same thing from a lot of conferences, and what we attribute that to, I think, is just the pro- proliferation of Ruby conferences. Um, you know, it's hard to, uh, to throw a stick and not hit two or three uh, within the, the next few metros. Right.
0: Well, and, I mean, hey, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the goals are for the conference. I guess that'll be my next question, but growth can't be the only goal, I would think. So what, what are you looking to get out of it?
1: So the, uh, the reason that we've always done the conference, uh, is just to, um, get people together. It's always been about the people. And I, I hope that the, uh, you know, the program and, and everything, um, bears that out. Uh, but we, we've really enjoyed, like I said, bringing people to Madison and, uh, having, um, you know, just having people visit, And then yeah, I think that's that's, ideally we would get some people to convert. And we've come darn close a couple of times and made some connections that have actually worked. Um, I think we've got, uh, you know, two or three actual converts who came to uh, the conference for the first time, uh, came to Madison for the first time to come to the conference and have actually uh, wound up moving here. And a lot of other people, you know, it, it just put it on the map for them. They didn't if people think about Madison and haven't been here, they probably think, you know, farm fields, beer, cheese, that sort of thing. Um and so one of the great things for us is to be able to hear people who had that expectation or who had, you know, no expectation show up and you know, we get uh we've gotten um comparisons too. It's, it's kind of a, a small uh, European town. Um, you know, it's fairly urban, even though it's only a quarter of a million people. Um, and for the conference, we really try and take advantage of downtown. We have, uh, yeah, we have so, by taking advantage of the downtown, uh, we have about 10 square blocks. So we try to uh, schedule all of our events in. And so we've got I think five different venues this year. Um, and so between after parties and uh, receptions, the, the Madison Ruby tasting uh, and then workshops, we get around downtown and, and get people out.
0: So sell me a bit out of Madison. I've been there how many times? Three times so far. And then I'm coming this weekend and then to parents weekend. So what are the like not cliche things that I've got to do to, to really make Madison like a second home for the next four years?
1: uh, the not cliche things.
0: Well, in other words, thinking. like I'm sure that they're I'm sure there's like, you know, the cheese curds and the, you know, go to the capital, et cetera. But like, what are the, what's a local, you know, what's, what's a, a cool thing for locals to
1: do? So the, uh, Oldbrook Botanical Gardens, um, you know, I feel like that's a pretty, uh, common thing. You know, if you have a town that has botanical gardens, but they actually do a, a, a pretty decent job. Um, They've got a a Thai pagoda pagoda that was uh, gifted to them. Um, it's put together without any nails. It's very mm-hmm. impressive. That's cool. Uh, the you know you got to get to the terrace uh, down at the the student union. That's um, you know if you if you see pictures of Madison, particularly if there are colored chairs in that picture, um, you know that's the the spot to be. Um,
0: that's really a cool scene. So I have been there, and how long? How far into the fall and how early in the spring can you sit outside in Madison and not freeze your butt off?
1: Uh, It depends if you're local or not.
0: (laughs) Depends on what your blood's made out of. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, So if if you're born and raised or, or, you know, even if you just spent a number of years here, you know, I I think that you acquire a pretty uh, hearty disposition. And, uh, but I think, you know, it's probably, uh, I would say, April, April or May, really, when you can start to spend a, a good deal of time, uh, outside and then it goes all the way through, you know, November or so. Oh, really? So we, uh, we'll typically say, you know, three months. Um, but I think that's mostly to scare, scare folks away.
0: <laughs> Keep the raff out of town. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, for, for this weekend, give a, a loose sort of uh, description of what the schedule is for the conference.
1: So Wednesday night we'll have some uh some prep work being done uh, mostly for the the Railsbridge workshop. Um Thursday we'll go into uh workshops. So we'll have Railsbridge. We have Noel Rappin uh from the Chicago area. He'll be up doing a uh a workshop on domain driven ruby. I don't want to say test driven, but if you take it you'll you'll probably uh, spend a fair amount of time in, in test land, Um and then we've also got Jessie shoes um, from The Improv Effect. She's been here for uh, every conference that I can get her uh, up here from Jacksonville for. Um, so she'll be doing a, a creative problem-solving within constraints workshop, and that's a half day on Thursday. That's fun. Um,
0: so, well, so you import someone from Florida to be the entertainment Wednesday night? No, no, Thursday night.
1: So it's it's a workshop and so you you'll pull real valuable skills that you can use in your day to day but uh you know it, it's also pretty entertaining and it it doesn't feel like work um we actually met Jesse uh when i was living in Jacksonville um we did improv uh started out weekly then i went to bi-weekly and eventually monthly but we did uh occasional workshops uh with Jesse when i worked at Hashrocket um yeah, I can't say enough about her and in, in when we're out uh you know at, at other events we we definitely try and get her involved. Um you know she just makes a, a world of difference. And so she will be kicking off the conference uh on Friday. No. Oh, okay. But but before uh, so she'll do the workshop on Thursday, um and that's a half day. And then uh Thursday evening we have an event called Hype Harvest and we would Invariably, you know, each year we would wind up a week, two weeks before the event, and we would have people contacting us asking if they could speak at the conference, and you know, impressive speakers and and whatnot. And you just kind of want to get them involved. Uh, and so last year we built Hype Harvest, um, and this is a uh, it's a four hour event. It happens uh, on the rooftop of the Museum of Contemporary Art. Hmm. And so we'll have six speakers, and then we'll take a little break, and then we'll have two musical guests. Um, And the whole thing is a fundraiser. Uh, So last year we raised money for uh, Nairobi Dev School, which is a development school in Nairobi, Kenya. Raised about uh, $5,000 for them last year. And this year we're raising money for um, the – uh, YWCA's training program, uh, which is the Y-Web Career Academy. And so the, the goal of that is to uh, teach uh, women and, and people of color who wouldn't otherwise get the opportunity, uh, get them exposed to uh, web development technologies. And so HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Node, JS, it will be free to all the attendees who take it and comes with a guaranteed uh, three-month internship afterwards. Uh, Oh, wow. That's great. And we've been able to do that uh, because we've got some grant funding uh, through the state of Wisconsin. Cool. But one of the things that they did when they gave us a grant was they said, you cannot buy any equipment. (laughs) Which seems a little short-sighted. So that's what the the fundraiser on Thursday night is uh, is raising money for is to buy computers for those individuals. Any idea why that's a restriction? Uh, you know the the concern is that they don't they didn't want public money going to buy computers, and I, I get the optics on it, but you know it's it's really just uh, it's short-sighted or or you know lack of experience when me and, and a lot of people that I know who are developers uh, when they were growing up you know they learned just by having access and you know hack uh, by you know spending time working with the with the computer you don't always understand everything but just having access and being uh, able to retry and retry until you get it right um, I think that was you know that was sort of my path i didn't uh, I didn't go to college I didn't uh, have a Uh, a computer science background What I had was, um, you know, geo cities and, and access to the internet. Um, And so that's really, that's why that's been important to me to to get those computers is because it's great if, if we can provide computers in the classroom from, you know, nine to five or whenever we have folks in class, but if they can't uh, study, you know, when it, when the, when the urge strikes them, you know that's they're not going to be nearly as successful.
0: I feel dense, but what what are the optics I don't even see how that could look bad is it, Is this like a lightning rod that I don't understand?
1: No I mean it just uh, so the the way I would characterize it is if you are taking public taxpayer money and giving it out in grants, and that grant grant money is being used to purchase computers. And those uh, folks take those computers home. Uh, You know, I think (laughs) clearly it struck a nerve in our in our grant meeting, Um, but yeah, it's it's just so important. Uh, Yeah, right. um, That's why we're raising the money. We're we're making good progress there too. I think we're uh, inching up on on two thousand. I think of our seventy five hundred dollar goal. And that uh, fundraiser will continue throughout uh, Hype Harvest and will go through the end of the month.
0: Now, if someone wants to go to Hype Harvest, is that part of the ticket or is that a a special event they can buy a ticket to um, that
1: night? It's a separate ticket. um, And so it's an Indiegogo campaign. So you buy your ticket by donating $15. uh, And then... uh, you know, because it's Indiegogo, you can also purchase other perks. Like, you could do a uh, $50 ticket to buy a, uh, a flight of beer. Um, we've got a local brewery, Mobcraft, uh, who are going to be uh, providing the, the samplings. Um, you know, there's an option to buy one of those computers that I was just talking about. So, for $300, you can buy a computer and have it, uh, you know, have your name or an inspirational quote uh, engraved in it. Um, and so that, you know, it's, it's your typical crowdfunding campaign.
0: So if, uh, for those that are interested, if you go to
1: hypeharvest.com.
0: Cool. Yeah. If you Google Indiegogo hype harvest, it was the first thing they came up too. Awesome. Well, let me, let me uh, take a break then from hearing about the, uh, the rest of the agenda to also plug something if you don't mind.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So the uh the first sponsor of uh this week's episode is Squarespace. Uh, have you ever used Squarespace, Jim?
1: You know I haven't. Uh I definitely recognize the name as a <laughs> host and provider.
0: It's it's pretty interesting. It definitely is I think it's for programmers like us. It's it's a good uh like a good card to have in your pocket for when someone says, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a website that blah 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 some you know, entree to get you to help them make it that if you, for whatever reason, don't have the time or wherewithal to help them make it. Squarespace is excellent. So, uh, let me tell you a bit about it. Uh, it's the all in one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website portfolio or online store. You can get a free trial and 10% off. If you go to squarespace.com and use my offer code, which is uh Sean sent me that's S E A N sent me, uh, let me tell you a bit more about it. So they make it uh, simple and easy to create a beautiful design for your custom website using a drag and drop interface. They also make it easy to get help with 24-7 support through live chat and email. They're located in New York City, Dublin, and Portland, so you can reach Squarespace support personnel anytime you need them, no matter where you are in the world or what time of the day you're working. Plans start at just 8 bucks a month, and they, that includes a, a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Their templates include responsive design, and every site comes with an online store, so you can integrate commerce right into what you're doing if that's what you're up to. So get started with a free trial, no credit cards required, and you can get building your website today. When you sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use that offer code Sean sent me to get that 10% off, and you'll support both 5x5 and the Ruby on Rails podcast. So thanks to Squarespace. All right. Let's get back to our schedule. So, is hype harvest? Would you consider it like what percentage would be party and what percent would be conference-like thing? Uh,
1: as far as the the feel hype of it, itself, yeah. You know, it's a. Um, I, I'm going to go with fifty-fifty. That's actually how it's sort of designed. Um, so we've got uh, the first two hours are you know mingling. Um, and then we've got the our six speakers. Um and then we we break at nine o'clock um to allow our first musical guest to set up. And uh so we've got about uh two hours of uh of mingling and, and talking time and then two hours of um of musical guests. And the it's a um yeah you know, it, it sort of so i'm gonna lean back on on what other folks have said because that makes my life easier but uh you know <laughs> people have compared the the venue to sort of a a rooftop uh, a new york style rooftop uh venue or uh or something along those lines and so when we start out it'll be sunset and everything is sort of awash and in, in gold uh uh, sunset colors. Um, and then it, as we transition to the, the musical guests, you know, the, the sun's definitely going down and, and we'll crank up some, uh, some lighting and uh, definitely give it more of a club feel. Well, it sounds
0: nice. Cause I mean, it sounds like a good way to kick the conference off. Cause it's Thursday night and, you know, by the time you hit the ground running Friday, you would have met a bunch of people, which is convenient or it's sounds cool. convenient. <clears throat> All right. So, so then, Friday, you mentioned who was kicking off Friday. Uh, yep,
1: and that's Jesse. And so you just mentioned the fact that you'd be able to meet people on uh, on Thursday night. Well, on Friday, the the whole reason that we bring in Jesse is because she's just a uh, she gets people out of their shells. And so probably if you go to YouTube and do a, a search for uh, Madison Ruby Rock Paper Scissors, um, you know she brought in. Uh, or she got an entire conference playing rock, paper, scissors. Um, and I think came down to Jeremy Hein Gardner, uh, wound up winning. But, you know, just uh, so if you, uh, you pick somebody close to you, you uh, play rock, paper, scissors, and then the winner of that um, goes on and finds somebody else who won in sort of uh, tournament style. But everybody who you beat has to become your biggest fan. Hmm. Just the the amount of energy that uh, she's able to create in in every uh, you know sort of warm up exercise that she has everybody go through, you know it it doesn't feel like lame team building stuff either, and uh, I'm I'm always surprised at what she's able to to get folks to do.
0: All right, so uh, tell me about the rest of the day on Friday.
1: Uh, so we actually have. Uh, another interesting thing, so last year we did an event called um, – well, right, let me roll through the rest of the day real quick. So um, we've got, I think, about six speakers on, on Friday um, that are all uh, – you know went through our CFP. Um, and then we have uh, traditionally uh, at the end of Friday we have our, our local flavor uh, slot. And the local flavor um typically looks, we look for people who are from the Madison area, or at least in the Madison area now, who are passionate and who are awesome at what they do. And so we, we have uh, Madison Music Makers um, who are a, you know, uh, they're a local group who play classical instruments and, uh, and, you know, it's 2014, so of course they, you know, there's looping and sequencing and uh, things of that involved. Um, and then we also have uh, there's a local product called Yum Butter, and so we've got Adrian from uh, Yum Butter. Uh, they're sort of an interesting story. They're the only B Corp that I know of. What's a B Corp? Uh, B Corp is uh, where you know it's similar to C Corp. Uh, but it's one less. No, it's terrible. Uh, it's, <laughs> right. it's similar to a C corp, uh, only your state of your stated goals are not making money. It's uh, you know improving the world. Uh, so um, so mm-hmm. that way they have it in their their charter as a company. You know that you know the the sole purpose is not to make money, and so that they can make decisions that uh, you know might not make them the most money, but make the most sense for them.
0: Now, what's the difference between that and a nonprofit? Say,
1: uh, it, you know, a B Corp is very traditional, uh, corporation status, uh, outside of the the nonprofit. So I think, you know, there's, there's not as many of the tax breaks and whatnot. Um, it just, it gives you a, a, it gives you better standing with your board of directors, et cetera. So if somebody comes in later and, and tries to turn you into a profit only machine, uh, that makes it significantly harder.
0: It's like a poison pill for capitalists. Right. Um, well, that's but, cool. I had, I heard of it cause I went to, I would heard of it in college, but, uh, I had never heard of an actual example. So there we go. Here all we right. Go.
1: So, uh, you know, we've, we've got our typical, our back again this year is, is our yoga breaks, um, which are not every break, but, um, you know, we have, I think, two each day uh, where we'll bring in a, a local uh, yogi, uh, and she'll lead folks through things that they can do in chairs, you know, at, sort of stuff that you can do at your desk. Um, so you can take that away and and uh, be more flexible, more healthy, et cetera.
0: Um, That's nice. Did people like that last year?
1: Yeah, so this is actually the, the fourth year that we're doing it. This, the first two years we had... Uh, a friend and uh, former coworker of mine leading the sessions, and it was you know sort of uh, the lazy perfectionist guide to to yoga. And so last last year we wound up bringing in um, somebody of the same name, oddly, but uh, but she's actually a, a, I don't know if you're a certified yogi or if uh, but she's a professional yoga instructor.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems to be there's certification for just about everything if you want it, but I I don't think you have to be,
1: except for Rails development.
0: <laughs> yeah, how do you Not, feel? Hey, how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, it, it's hard, right? Because there's no measurable. Um, yes, this person knows what they're talking about, and or no, they don't, and so you kind of have to, uh, you know, quiz people, test people, uh, and by or try them out in order to to really gauge what they what they know. Um, do you think
0: that's true or not true of other things though? Uh,
1: well, like you said, there's, there's certification for, for a lot of things. And, um, you know, the, the ability to say, yes, I understand that this person knows what they're talking about. And even, you know, certifications are, are certainly no silver bullet. Um, even if yeah in fact uh long story but you know even if you do have a certification in the thing that you uh claim to know it doesn't mean that you necessarily know it which is why certifications are hard yeah Um, well it's
0: like think about the things that in in high school like your last think about all of the classes you took in high school and how many of those classes you could pass the final on right now or even like even do reasonably well. I mean, like, uh, and a lot of them I do okay on, but I don't think all of them.
1: So it Even, seems like
0: so goes certi- certification, right? Like, I mean, something you learned twenty years ago, I'm not sure you're going to remember anymore. Yeah,
1: true. If you if you haven't been practicing at it,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um. So the the, the thing that I was going to mention earlier. Um. So last year we actually had. You're familiar with Iron Chef, I imagine, in your audience. Are I would think so. Um, so last year we we did a Iron Coder event, wherein we uh, offered the audience the, the ability to uh, to apply to challenge one of our Iron Chefs, and our Iron Chefs were uh, Brian Lyles, Corey Haynes, Kerry Miller, um, Steve Kladnick, and I might be forgetting somebody in there, but you know fairly well respected developers. Um, and so we had a, a local uh, who stepped up to the challenge, and um, we were able to uh, we gave them a the the fact that they had to build a shoes app, and it had to be based around music, and so one of them wound up building a sort of a, a sequencing machine, and the other one built, I believe, was uh, a guitar hero clone. And they did it, you know, in the course of uh, about 24 hours and didn't work straight through, obviously, but I was fairly impressed with with what they're able to do. And uh, we had a judging panel that uh, consisted of, uh, you know, a salesperson, a CTO, and, well, Ryan Davis. So, um, (laughs) uh, you know, it turned out really well, but at the end of the day, uh, you know is is very competitive and it that format that that really only a couple of people uh could contribute or, or could partake um, so this year we we uh we dropped our encoder in favor of uh, an open source lounge and so we teamed up with Braintree to be able to um, bring in a number of maintainers of open source projects and uh, make them available to anybody who's interested in working through an issue working through uh you know a feature request on an open project uh and have you know it's put sort of a human face on open source software that a lot of people just don't know where to start uh so folks that that want to be involved often have a hard time uh getting started and so this you know you'd be able to sit down with the maintainer of a project um walk through a problem with them, solve it, commit it, and then get that instant gratification of being able to, uh, merge your code, you know, that day or, or over the weekend. Um, that's, and, a, gr-
0: that's a great idea. Who's going to be there?
1: Uh, so we've got, uh, Brian Shirai, uh, Hiro Osari from, uh, Travis CI, uh, Steve Klavnik. um, Oh Mike's gonna kill me. I forget Mike's last name. Uh I believe he so Mike is based out of uh Pivotal, New York. And then um Ian Fleming, uh who's a, a local rack spacer. Um so and that, you know, I I imagine we'll have other folks that are, are maintainers as well that are just uh we'll spend some time in there.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I think getting into open source is something that many people want to do that haven't yet done it. And it, it does seem a bit intimidating, especially the bigger projects. I think, you know, smaller, less popular libraries are a little bit, a little bit lower stress, but the big stuff is a little higher
1: stress for people that are new. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think there's a ton of, uh, blow hanging fruit though, even in a project the size of Rubinius, um, you know, which is clearly a very large project, um, but also, Brian was going to uh, try and break down some of the uh, the surrounding tooling and try and and make things available if if people just wanted to you know walk through it and and experience that process.
0: So I really got a lot out of when I first learned how to how to sort of open source my own thing. However, simple, right? Like even like what's a good example? So I ran in a race this this past weekend. Uh, over in um, Falmouth, Massachusetts, like a, a road race along the coast, and the uh, the website that that hosts the sign up process is open to the public. And uh, I wrote a little a little library that would allow me to download the entire um, list of attendees, so I could uh, do a fun little chart for my family about where people were coming from, like how many were coming from within ten miles, a hundred miles, whatever. And, uh, anyway, so I wrote the library and then said, oh, what the hell I'll, I'll open source it in case someone else wants to use it. And I love being able to do that. And I think it's surprising to me how, how many people that I think are pretty okay programmers don't sort of have that muscle memory of how to take like something they've done and then package it up into a decent gem and put it out on GitHub and, you know, let the world use it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to do that at all at this open source lounge, but I think that'd be a nice thing to teach people how to do too
1: yeah I, mean, I think the we've got folks in there sort of as uh, uh, if you don't have any direction of what you actually want to do uh we've got folks in there who can walk through something with you if you do have your own you know open source that you want to work on uh you know there'll be uh those folks as well as Braintrees just providing i think uh, for additional staff uh, to to be in the area and, and help folks out so if you wanted to bring bring your own open source, you know, they'd be happy to work a- alongside you with that. But absolutely, um, you know, I was just talking with one of my coworkers who's, he's more of a, a front-end developer slash node guy. Um, but, you know, he just, he doesn't spend uh, enough time in Ruby land to have built a gem before. And it's it's not hard. Um, he just hasn't done it. And so that's really... What we're looking to do is is give people either that first experience or, or give them a leg up uh, on their next experience.
0: I think that's great. And when is this? That's on that's Friday, Friday afternoon.
1: Uh, well, it's actually the entire length of the conference, so nine to five. Uh, oh, okay. So another thing is, you know, if you if you're afraid that you're going to go in uh, to the open and miss all the the actual content of the conference world one track conference and we actually pipe and and play the sound in that room as well Uh, so you can watch the talks and you know hack on some open source if you want
0: that's awesome well let's take a pause before you tell me about the rest of Friday so I can uh, tell you about the second sponsor today All right. I always have trouble with this one so I'm going to try to (laughs) I'm going to try to get this sponsor read right it's for Raygun do you know who Raygun is Never heard of them okay well good then 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 this sponsor read has a has a big opportunity so Raygun is um, an error trapping service for your rails app it's ac- it 's actually used for for lots of languages and frameworks, but since this is the Ruby on Rails podcast we 're going to talk mostly about. Raygun for Ruby on Rails, so all software has bugs, and we all deal with those, but the way that uh, developers deal with those software errors is changing It's no longer be so reactive but instead more proactive so frustrated users who've experienced a problem with your app instead of trying to write you a long email or have a phone call or Skype or whatever and waste your time and their time they uh, you know there should be a better way for them so what if the the software itself reported the error? errors as they came in, the context that the errors happen, and gave the developer a uh, actionable set of things to do. So if your software, what what if your software wasn't crashing so much and instead became unusable for your customers without them having to get directly involved in the fixing process. So that's what Raygun does. Many of us have used uh, different uh, error trapping services, but Raygun is, is one that I think people will like. It's built by a company called Mindscape. They build other developer tools, and Raygun is is one of their uh, more recent, uh, actually it's not that recent, but semi-recent applications. And it just takes a couple minutes to integrate, and you'll be notified of your software bugs as they happen, with automatic notifications and full stack traces to detect, diagnose, and fix errors in record time. It just takes about two lines of code, and Raygun works with all major mobile and web programming programming languages like Ruby on Rails. All errors are then automatically reported to the Raygun service, allowing your team to be alerted to problems with enough information to make them better. They track millions of errors per hour and monitor software for thousands of developers every day. They've got a gem, speaking of gems, called Raygun for Ruby. It can be set up in seconds by adding the Raygun for Ruby gem to your gem file. Uh, They also have a Heroku add-on that you'll see in the uh, add-ons area in Heroku if you take a look. If you use Heroku, and uh, I think you'll like their features uh, very much. So check them out at raygun.io/5x5, and you can receive a fifty-dollar account credit. Wow, that's uh, that's really good. So fifty bucks uh, gets credited to your account if you use the uh, discount code five by five. So thanks to Raygun for supporting five by five and the Ruby on Rails podcast. It's uh, it's pretty hard to to develop a decent size app and not have. Or really, any size app that's in production and not have an error trapping service. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was actually uh, just looking through the the stacks that they support, and you know everything from JavaScript and PHP through iOS and Xamarin, which was interesting to me. They, and you know, just have a REST API as well.
0: Oh, so you can <laughs> like hook into your, it, it yourself if you're if
1: you're using some something, something else, else yeah. that supports REST.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I mean, especially since so many applications are, or so many companies rather, have a suite of applications across frameworks, right? They have the native for the various platforms, plus something on the web. It's nice to consolidate into one error trapping service, I think. All right. Well, let's get back to, to Madison Ruby. So tell me about the rest of the day Friday.
1: So, uh... Lunch, if you haven't experienced Madison Ruby before, uh, if you haven't experienced Madison Ruby before, you know we sort of uh, issue the the crappy box lunch um, with a soggy sandwich and and some broken <laughs> chips. Um, which if you've been to a, a conference before, uh, you probably have experienced. Um, and so what we do is we we send everybody out. If you put a, a pin in the map where our main venue is, and do a, a half-mile radius search. Um, there's over a hundred restaurants within that, uh, you know, one mile or half-mile radius. And uh, a lot of that uh, that space, because downtown is actually located on an isthmus, so there's two lakes on either side of the downtown. A lot of that space is actually water, so it's pretty dense uh, with restaurant uh, options. And uh, so you can. Get everything from you know barbecue and uh, and burgers to uh, Nepalese uh, vegan you know just about you name it you can get it you can get little uh, uh, oh uh, Russian dumplings you know just a, a lot of variety. What's a Russian dumpling? Is that sort of like
0: uh, like pierogi but Russian? Uh,
1: you know they they tend to be small. They're almost like the bastard child of a pierogi and a ravioli. Yeah. Um, but they're also delicious.
0: We had those. I, I thought that that's what they were. So we had those for, um, my, my family last year decided that we'd start celebrating Russian, um, Russian new year. Okay. Because, uh, we couldn't all be together for, for, um, Christmas day and 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 uh so that the family wanted to do something fun but it felt like sort of funny to to move th- uh, that holiday. So anyways, we ended up doing this Russian New Year tradition which included those those dumplings. And they were quite good. They were with strawberries which I've never had before. Strawberry dumplings? Yeah, they were they were like what you just said, so like a cross between a progi and a ravioli except stuffed with strawberries, but like fried up just like, you know, the progies you would have had other places. Hmm. No, 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 no. They're, pretty, they're pretty good. I thought. Um, so, so anyhow, so I didn't catch the lunch deals. So, so do you send people out into the neighborhood then to go have lunch around?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we send everybody out. We give them uh, $10 per day, which doesn't sound like a lot, but then you realize that it's Madison and things are, are fairly inexpensive. Um, and, you know, that's been one of the, the most popular uh traits of the conference, I think. Whenever I talk to somebody about the conference who attended in a previous year, you know, I'm talking to somebody else who talked to a, a previous attendee, you know, they always bring up the, the lunch, which is great. And, it, you know, there's no better way to, to get to know a city than by going out and exploring with, you know, a group of friends who probably come from, you know, several different states. I think that's
0: great. I mean, especially since you're, you're hosting it on a weekend where the weather should be pretty good. It's pretty early in the year.
1: We're uh, we're looking at chances of rain every day of a conference for the first time, so that'll be interesting.
0: Like, like by chances, is it like you know fifty percent chance, or like it's definitely going to rain?
1: No, it's it's a little bit less than that, even. But um, it's taunting us.
0: <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. I'm sending my good weather vibes there because I don't want to be moving boxes into witty Hall on campus uh, in the rain.
1: Right on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we actually, we've had one experience with rain, I think, you know, after four years, things start to get a little fuzzy. Um, but for our first rooftop event, um, we actually, it rained up until seven o'clock, maybe 15 minutes before, and our doors opened at seven o'clock and held out. And then right when it hit 11 o'clock when everybody was supposed to be off the roof, you know, it started raining again. So it gave us a perfect window. We've actually been extremely lucky, um, Find some wood somewhere to knock on. Um, but yeah, so uh, Friday's got the you know the, the open source lounge from Brain Tree. It's got uh, Jesse opening with the play note. Uh, everybody's going out to lunch. We've got yoga breaks. Um, then our local flavor speakers, and then we'll break at about uh, five forty-five, and then come back at eight p.m. or We've got the union, uh, the one of the rooms in the Memorial Union that has the the patio outside, the Drip Commons, if you're familiar with, with the union. Um, we've got that reserved, and we're bringing in a um, relatively recent uh, new resident moving in from uh, Milwaukee. Uh, Christian is going to be... Entertaining folks with some uh, with some electronic music, and uh, we've also got board games and and things like that. That so sounds fun. Should be should be a really good time. Just having you know the the energy of the union and move in weekend would be great as well.
0: Now, how does the flow of people go in in Madison? Is it the, or in Wisconsin? Do people typically move from Milwaukee to Madison or vice versa?
1: You know, for being 90 minutes away from each other, they might as well be three or four hours away. Uh, there, there's not a ton of interaction between the two cities. It seems to me that mostly I'm seeing people move from Milwaukee to Madison, but you know, that's just just my experience. Um, you know, similarly, we we wind up losing a bunch of people out to the coasts from Madison and and Chicago and bigger cities and whatnot. So. Um but it seems mostly to, to be going in that uh Milwaukee to Madison direction at this point.
0: All right. So then it continues on Saturday, right?
1: And so Saturday, uh, you know, we do have an after party. We we don't encourage people to get uh you know, hammered or anything, but uh we start a little bit later the next day, um, in case anybody did over imbibe or uh to give folks a chance to go to the farmers market. If you're familiar, the Dane County, farm, Dane County Farmer's Market is the largest producer-only farmers market in the U.S., and so everything that is uh, sold on site has to be made or uh, produced by the uh, the folks selling it. And it uh, you know wraps uh, four four blocks around the Capitol Square, and uh, I guess eight blocks around the Capitol Square, and uh, it's a it's a pretty impressive site, I think. So,
0: is producer only, is that the the typical farmers market lingo for for uh, for what you just said? So, for the people selling, have to be the people that actually grew the food.
1: Yeah, in fact, um, so you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Uh, we recently went to a farmers market outside of Madison, and uh, there were uh, there were apples up on the table and, you know, people were looking through them and you'd say, Oh, I'll take two apples. And they would reach down below the table and pick two apples and give them to you. And one of them actually had a a large, you know, department store, grocery store, uh, price on it.
0: (laughs) And they weren't being ironic. No, (laughs) they are just being sloppy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's my, my biggest gripe about going to farmer's markets is if they're not producer only. So I, I feel like we need like a stamp kind of like certified organic for this, you know, where you'd like could roll up to the, uh, roll up to the stand at the farmer's market and they'd hang a little, I don't know, the little placard and it would symbolize, yes, I really produce this food.
1: And we're, we're back to certifications.
0: (laughs) Well, this is, I know. So I, I, this is one area where I actually think that it'd be helpful. (laughs) Because <laughs> I generally am not the biggest fan, but I wouldn't mind
1: it here. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. it's hard, too, right? Because just because they've got certification doesn't mean that they're necessarily abiding by that all the time. Right. Um, so Saturday, uh, we we start a little bit later. We let people go to the farmer's market. So we get started at 10 a.m. And then uh, so it's a little bit shorter day. Uh, and then... We've got the the yoga breaks again. Um we go through closings about five thirty and then we uh we break for dinner and come back to our main venue and have what's I think we added this in the second year is the, the Madison Ruby tasting. Um so this year we're actually it started with uh, <laughs> me uh selfishly wanting to do a whiskey tasting um so we actually brought over a a friend of a friend of a friend from scotland uh whiskey craig on twitter and um uh, we're able to he was able to i mean he did a fantastic uh job sharing whiskey with our attendees and uh but this year we've got um yahara bay which is a local distiller i think we're going to be doing uh a bourbon, a whiskey, and I, I tried to get them to do a beer. They wouldn't do a beer, um,
0: but <laughs> just just because they're offended by the the request, or
1: uh, no, they they just don't have. They don't offer. They don't make a beer. No, uh, I can't. They're they're a distillery, but one bourbon, one whiskey, and one beer. Um, but so we'll be pairing those with uh, with desserts from a a local uh, restaurant, and they'll. All vegan desserts, and uh, some of the the pairings that they have lined up. So they, the the two have collaborated to come up with a, a tasting menu. Uh, it should be, uh, should be pretty special. I'm really excited about that.
0: And that's after after the conference has closed. Is that right? Yep. So that's like the that's the post close wrap up.
1: Absolutely. And so for all of our, uh, uh, tertiary events or or you know the after party on on friday and then the tasting on saturday uh attendees can bring a plus one and uh we're we'll wind up uh you know we're going to be checking ids and, and whatnot but uh yeah it it gives if folks have traveled with you it gives them an opportunity to participate meet some of the folks from the conference
0: i think that's nice really nice all right so um Actually, so this is a sponsor-heavy episode. Let me do the last sponsor, and then I want to hear uh, about, uh, let's wrap things up and uh, give people information about how they can participate in the conference, if they can get up to Madison this weekend or uh, are already there. But let me okay. let me do the final sponsor first. All right, so the, the last sponsor today is Codeship. Codeship's a regular sponsor uh, of the podcast, so uh, let me tell you about them again. CodeShip's a free continuous delivery service that's really simple to use. Um, they offer 100 builds per month for five project, uh, or, sorry, five private projects for free. So they have a freemium offer now that's really great. If you only are uh, occasionally building uh, on a project that's that's private, that's still not a public project, you can use CodeShip without incurring any cost at all. And then if you want to upgrade to, uh, to use CodeShip for a larger team, for a larger project or for just something you're doing yourself that builds much more often than 100 times per month, you can upgrade to a plan that supports that their whole product has a really big focus on usability. It's super easy to use from the first time you step in to set up your account through the thousandth time you've seen, uh, it build and, and run your test suite and then deploy your app to production can set up your continuous integration on CodeShip in just a few easy steps and your software will automatically deploy when all your tests have passed, or you can set up other uh, workflow rules to have other things happen depending on uh, the results of uh, various build and test phases on CodeShip. They've got great support for multiple languages and test frameworks, so very much like what we're talking about before. If you've got a company that uh, has a Rails app and then a Node app and don't think they have iOS, but let's say different types of, of web apps, then you can use CodeShip for all of them, and it works great. They uh, also integrate with not only GitHub, but Bitbucket for code hosting, and on the deployment side, whether you're hosted at Heroku or your your own servers or Amazon Web Services or uh, NodeJitsu or, or whatever, you can deploy from CodeShip to that service once uh, everything's green. Again, you can start off on there free plan and setup just takes a few minutes. You can learn more at codeship.io slash five by five Ruby. Again, codechip.io slash five by five Ruby. And if you use that offer code five by five Ruby, you'll get 20% off any plan you pick for three months. They also have a great blog at blog.codeship.io where you can learn more about their company and uh, get content related to continuous delivery. It's pretty great. So thanks to them for sponsoring yet again.
1: All right. Just Thanks. reading through their just reading through their features one of the cool things that I see is that they actually give SSH access in order for you to debug builds too. Yeah,
0: which is really nice.
1: It's really quite a nice it's quite a nice service. They're
0: uh they're based up in Boston. They they uh, started in Austria and then I don't remember which of the uh which of the incubators they were part of, but they were part of one of them and then um grew up from there and have built out a pretty big company in in Boston and uh, I had their CTO on the show and uh, he's an interesting guy, interesting company and quite a good product. I use it myself.
1: I I feel like I've been living under a rock. I haven't heard any of these companies.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess that's why they're sponsoring the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I think that's actually true. That's like the, the demographic of people that sponsor the podcast are those that are in well-known areas, but maybe aren't so well-known in the U S so gotcha. Anyways, yeah. So anyways, thanks to Coachip and thanks for humoring me with, uh, by reading their website and talking to me about it. And Jim, no worries. I appreciate it. All right. So, so let's wrap it up. The, the, uh, the conference agenda sounds great. And in particular, your care on the details on not just the, the selection of the, the, um, speakers, but the curation of the events before and after sounds a plus, um, So if someone wants to go and they don't already have a ticket, then what should they do?
1: Uh, So we do still have tickets available. If you go to madisonruby.org, it will actually redirect you to the appropriate site, which is just a little bit harder to to spit out. Um, And there's a a big red register now button at the top. Um, Yeah. So we've got workshops on Thursday and then conference on Friday and Saturday. So, uh, still have tickets available to all of them
0: now if someone in madison hears this and they can't go to the conference or maybe um you know because they're they're busy or because the you know maybe it's not a perfect fit for them but they want to go to Hypervest, is that is that possible
1: yes uh very much encouraged um so they would just go to com, click on the donate button that will take them to the indiegogo site where they can choose their their donation level
0: cool So you've been running this for four years. I bet you've got a, um, a stockpile of tips for, for how to get the most out of, uh, one's Madison Ruby, um, experience. So if you could give three tips to people that are attending, that are listening to this, what would you, uh, what would you recommend?
1: Um, you know, definitely be open to people. Uh, I, I realize that's a, a hard thing for, for some people to be able to do, but, uh, be open to to meeting folks and uh, you know throw yourself into things, especially like the the keynote or the play note rather the the opening kickoff. Um, you know, find don't you know? There's the I forget the author, but uh, never eat alone, and mm-hmm. so we've got uh, built-in sort of socializing time, but. That's only useful if you're actually if you actually find some folks to to socialize with if you're uh, somebody who has diet restrictions and you're afraid that you're not going to uh, wind up you know finding some place where you can eat there's absolutely places that anybody can eat and uh, you know just talk to any of the the conference organizers. I know that there's a, a couple of locals who uh, specialize in in taking people to um, you know vegan friendly. Vegetarian friendly restaurants, things like that, and then, uh, I, you know, it's sort of the take care of yourself. One of the the you know common memes coming out of just about every conference is the the conference plague, and by you know being around a bunch of new people and and spending uh, you know. Staying out later than you might otherwise, and um, sleeping in a strange place—you definitely take care of yourself. Maybe, uh, maybe take a, a vitamin or an airborne before you uh, before you come or bring them with you.
0: Yeah, it's good to stay an adult when you're at a conference. <laughs> Sometimes you get teleported back into some other time period of your life where either you were better equipped to handle it or or just didn't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never found myself on the rooftop of a building at like three thirty in the morning. Yeah,
0: once. Exactly. And, and Hey, like your, like your mom or dad says, you know, nothing good happens then. <laughs> so exactly. be careful. All right, Jim. why well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. It sounds like a, an awesome uh, event. Again, it's funny that I'm going to be in Madison. Maybe I'll, uh,
1: yeah, you know, stop on by
0: bump into you. All right. If someone wants to connect with you or the conference on Twitter,
1: um, easiest, is there, easiest is Madison Ruby on Twitter. Um, They can find me at J R E M is Mary S I K J R, so J Remzig Jr. But again, Madison Ruby is probably easier to spell.
0: Cool. Well, thanks again for folks that want to connect with me. I'm barely known on Twitter.